You're listening to Extra Time on SCNZ. It's 12 past 7 here on SENZ Extra Time. Ricardo Paul with you through till 9 o'clock tonight, at which point we flick over to Australia and we're going to bring you coverage of the Sydney Kings up against the Cairns Taipans uh, in the playoffs to get to the NBL finals. And uh, joining us to talk about that is a former breaker, former tall black, uh, all round good guy, a man who looks good in a Chewbacca t shirt as well. Uh, Casey Frank, how are you, sir? Oh, I'm better after that intro. Thanks a lot, Ricardo. <laughs> no, no problem, brother. No problem. Uh, we we had, we've seen one game of of the finals of the Breakers involved, at, and they schooled they schooled the Taipans here in Auckland. They play tomorrow as they uh, the Jack Jumpers, I should say. They play tomorrow night, uh, but tonight, later on tonight, we've got the Kings taking on the Taipans. Mato, keen to get your thoughts on this because I've looked at that and I and I've kind of gone, well, you know, the Kings have had a bit of time off. They lost their last two games coming in the end of the regular season. The Taipans have had a an opportunity to bounce back from you know the blow of not finishing second. Uh, they've beaten a couple of decent teams, including the Wildcats, to get here. Is this the Cairns Taipans' best chance of getting ahead of Sydney here tonight? Do you think? Have, have Sydney lost a bit of momentum? Well, if there's any team in the competition that was absolutely built to beat the Sydney Kings, it was the Cairns Taipans. Uh, Adam Ford's talked about it a lot this season. That that's that's the goal they had in mind. That's who they've been hunting. Uh, you know, they're set up really to attack that pack defense. They have great shooting on the perimeter from their bigs and as well as some of their other players. Uh, obviously, the only issue with them is health right now. Their so-called, their supposed best player, Keanu Pinder, who's an MVP favorite, down with injury. You know, he scored 30 points against the Kings the last time they played when they, they beat them in a close one in overtime. Uh, and, of course, Todd McCall, who uh, spent some time over here with the Otago Nuggets, uh, he, he's, he's a game-time decision right now. Dislocated his shoulder in the, the last game uh, or the, the game against the Jack Jumpers that where the Jack Jumpers qualified to play New Zealand in the playoffs. So he's a game-time decision still. Missed the game against Perth where they won handily. So with, with those two issues, those are big issues to overcome. Uh, but you do bring up a great point about the Kings not playing their best basketball in those last couple of games of the season. The defense, as of late, has been putrid. Uh, they just have not been able to get any stops in the last three games for the regular season. And because of all that, it makes it pretty close. And I do think you're right. If you do have a chance to, to get up over, especially when you're shorthanded, it's going to be in that first game of the competition uh, when they're not playing their best basketball. You know, it's been over 10 days since their last game. So that you, you might be able to get them. You're battle-tested. They may not be a fresh. Uh, or they, may not, they may be fresh, but they won't have those playoff legs uh, ready to play just yet. I mean, if you're the Kings, um, one way that the Cairns Taipans have hurt you in the past is is just reigning in threes, right? I think they've scored 29 threes in their last two games against the Kings. Um, so scoring from deep uh, seems to be key for Cairns. If you're Sydney, how do you stop that? Well, you know, that that's the shot that the Kings want to give up. Uh, they're confident in their ability to, ch- to challenge late. Uh, they, they play a real packed defense. They're taking away drives. You know, that's one of the things the Breakers really struggled with against the Kings this year was just penetrating that defense because they're really long. They've got bigs coming off the bench. They're quick at multiple positions. And, so, you know, Xavier Cook's uh, MVP of the season, MVP, of course, when he was here in New Zealand before that. But he, he is just a fantastic defender. He can switch on everybody. And with his length to that four, sometimes three spot, it really makes them a big unit. Uh, but you're, you're correct in that the Titans, you know, have some great shooting, especially with Wardenburg at that five spot. You know, his ability to draw the bigs out 
for, for, for Sydney and, and forced them to leave the paint. And, of course, DJ Hogue, who's played some great basketball, had 32 against Perth and really lit it up uh, from deep in, in that play-in game that got them to the playoffs. They've got great shooting in that respect. Uh, they're going to have to be able to shoot like that. But the Kings, that, that, that's what they want to They give up. They challenge late. And if you're going to make them, they're going to say, oh, eventually you're going to start commit, and we're going to be able to wear you down in transition. Wearing down is a big thing that the Kings have done in the past, particularly with uh, with the Kings as well. They seem to you know be a very good matchup, as you mentioned at the top. I, I was just looking at uh, the record this season, and twice they have kept the Kings to 78 points in the regular season. Uh, maybe they should be the Kings Pythons or something because they, they're really constricting the Kings' offense. Um, uh, are they able to do that tonight, do you think, come playoff time, particularly you know without Pinder? You know, and only three teams all season long, including the Kansas Taipans, doing it twice, uh, kept the Kings under 80 points this year. So that, that tells you how impressive a feat that is. The only other team to do it was the Jack Jumpers, who, you know, play a really slow pace. But the Taipans don't play that slow pace. They're up and down. You know, I, I don't think their defense gets too hurt by Pinder not being around. Certainly he takes away so, uh, him, him being injured, takes away some of the extra possessions they could gain on the offensive glass, which really slows down that running game of the Kings. But the biggest concern for me around that defense and their ability to really stop the Kings at that point of attack is Taj McCall. Uh, you know, I think he was pretty unlucky not to be on that short list for Defensive Player of the Year, you know, one of many players because there was a lot of great defenders in the competition this season. But he didn't make that. But he is just a, a game changer on that end of the court. He gets in the passing lane. Uh, he's got the freedom to really go out there and play rover. It reminds me a little bit about a, a way that uh, Dylan Boucher used to be able to play for the New Zealand Breakers back in the day. Get on that weak side, get in passing lanes, make reads, and have his teammates really read off of what he's doing. You know, he doesn't have any set rules. Now, if he's unable to play uh, with that shoulder or if he's severely constricted by when he's able to play and can't really be his whole self, I, I really do think that might be too much for the Taipans to overcome because his skill set in that area is so key to slowing down the offensive powerhouse that is the Sydney Kings for the most of the season. Yeah, I mean, Taj McCall is a game-time decision. Um, Jackson McCoy out for the Kings as well. Who's the bigger loss? Well, definitely McCall. You know, McCoy ha- hasn't played a lot of time this season. He wasn't going to be a guy who was going to have too much of an effect on things. Uh, you know, the, the, the Kings did a great job of managing their players down the stretch. They wrapped up a playoff spot pretty early, and once uh, the Taipans lost late in the season, they, they actually wrapped up uh, home court advantage for everything. So that they rested in those two games that they lost at the end of the year. They, they rested Cooks in one of them. Uh, they rested uh, Derek Walton Jr. in the other, who are, are certainly their two probably most explosive offensive players and key to the way they play on that end of the court. So uh, when, when you're looking at the, the loss of McCall, I mean, this, this Kansas Taipan team was essentially formed around Taj McCall and his skill set. Adam Ford has said as much. You know, he's like, this, he, we think he's a special player. And we built guy, we brought guys in that we thought could play around him that would really feed off what his tools are. You know, he's not the, the best shooter. He can hit it, but he creates offensively. But it really is all about what he does defensively for them. And so if he's out, man, that, that is a difficult thing to lose, especially when you're already talking about not having, you know, a, a first team or, a, you know, a, a one of the top 10 guys in the league to be defender. Mm. Um, now Xavier Cooks is uh, obviously a, a player they need to uh, keep an eye on. But, I mean, Cairns have this season, as we've already mentioned, you know, made life difficult uh, for Sydney. What is it that they have done that uh, do you think that has really, um, you know, stopped Cooks playing, stopped Derek Walton playing, stopped DJ playing as well? 
Well, I, I think for Cooks, they go right at them. Uh, they, they've got no fear. Uh, in that last game that they played where the Taipans were able to win in overtime, uh, they, he fouled out with about seven minutes left. And the Kings, I believe, were, were up uh, 11 points maybe. Uh, the, the exact number escapes me. But they were they were up close to double digits. And from that point on, the Taipans just took over. Certainly, Xavier Cooks the X factor. But he is prone to foul trouble. He can really attack him. He's a passionate player. He can get caught up in that physical battle. So I think that's certainly an area that the Taipans want to target him. You know, Derek Walton Jr., he's a pretty special offensive player. And the way that team is set up, they really don't have to run a lot through him so he can pick and choose his spots. He's not going to get too fatigued. But he's great in the passing game, does a really nice job of the pick and roll with Cooks, and he's got that three-point shot that keeps you honest. But I don't think any team has guarded B.J. Vasilovich as well as the Taipans have. Uh, you know, he's well beneath his season averages. I think he shoots about 30% against them on the year. Uh, you know, the only the only caveat there is they haven't played since November. Uh, so he's been a different player, especially as of late. He's been shooting the lights out. You know, if he's got any kind of space, he's really been able to knock that down with a lot of ease. So they've got to keep him under wraps, certainly, as that third option. And if they can, if you're able to get those three guys down, that will go a long way towards getting the tie bands closer to that victory circle. Another guy who's been really important for Cairns has been Shannon Scott. Uh, when he fires, they fire. I think uh, they're what eight and one uh, when when he's when he's really been firing so far this season. Shannon Scott, his numbers uh, look very very good. Um, have you have you got a prediction for us tonight? A prediction? I, don't, I think it's going to be a good game, but. You know, I just don't see, if, if I'm putting a bet on this one, I just don't see how they, the Titans can overcome the loss of Tinder. You know, a lot of that does depend on McCall. I think if McCall's in it, it's going to be a tight game. It could go be a seesaw there, but I still have to give it to the Kings in that home crowd. I mean, they've had some of the biggest crowds this season. Uh, they're expecting uh, close to 10,000. Uh, the, the stadium, if it packs out, can get even bigger than that. So this is going to be a raucous crowd that's going to be looking to get it done. They're the defending champs for a reason. Uh, Xavier Cooks is playing with a chip on his shoulder. You, know, you mentioned Scott. He's a defensive first guy. I think when he's rolling offensively, it's because it's going really well for the Tans Taipans and they're taking away other options. But but it, when all things considered, considered, especially with the injuries that the Taipans are pushing through, I just don't see how the, the, the Kings are going to be giving this one away on their home court in game one of the playoffs. Yeah. All right, mate. Well, let's look to tomorrow night now. Now the Breakers already won up, and they uh, they won by twenty uh, game one. But they've got to go to Tasmania for game two, which you know uh, the away court it's it's a, it's a whole different beast. Can the Breakers get it done in two? Yeah, I think they can. Uh, you know, without Josh Majette, this uh, Jack Jumper squad is vastly different. You know, he hasn't had the greatest offensive season but I think he means a lot to them just in terms of what they do defensively. He's a grindy player. He gets in there, he throws his body around. And although he hasn't been shooting the ball well this year, he's still a threat from out there. So when, when he is not available, it makes it a lot easier for the Breakers to do what they want to do. I, I think we saw in game one that they're just a more talented team uh, overall right now. They've got that depth. They've got that depth uh, uh, across the board that they've been able to take advantage of. So uh, if, and I think one thing that, that really helped it actually is the Cyclones. <laughs> the Cyclone being here has enabled the Breakers to go over several days early. They were supposed to travel on Wednesday. They were supposed to travel today. And that's a tough trip. You can't go to – because of the flight uh, uh, sponsorships for the Breakers, they can't fly directly 
from from New Zealand through Tasmania. They have to go up and through either Melbourne or Sydney. So they they traveled at the same time. The jack jumpers did. They saw them on the airport. They went through different areas, but that enabled them to get two days of practice and rest over there. They shouldn't be fatigued. They should be able to go in there fresh in the stadium they're really familiar with because of all the time they spent over there with COVID as well. Yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting. I mean, uh, Tassie will be stung by the loss, right? I mean, because they they got played off the court, particularly in that third quarter. Um, Where can they hurt the breakers, do you think? I I think in that game one, they just ran out of gas. You know, they they were counter-punching so nicely in those first three quarters. Every time the breakers started to take control, uh, the, the the jack jumpers would come back into things. You know, they really controlled the pace well. They were attacking the glass much better than they had during the regular season. You you look at the results for the year uh, in the the three losses during the regular season, and of course in the five, the playoff game the other day, they, they shot under forty percent. So if they're going to be held to that level of efficiency, it's going to be really tough for them to, to get the win. Uh, when they did get the win, they shot about 45, and they held the breakers down off the glass and just absolutely smashed them on the glass, had a 16-rebound advantage, and also got 16 on the offensive glass. So, you know, it's, it, sometimes it's a simple game. You shoot better than the other team, and you out-rebound them, and that makes it a lot easier to win. And, of course, they have first-team all-league player in Milton Doyle, who, you know, we, I spoke to him before the game, uh, game one in the playoffs, and he said that the, the coach Scott Roth was going to use him as a little bit of a decoy, uh, and that plan just did not work. Uh, the, the other players weren't able to find any type of freedom. He tried to get himself going late, but with the defensive attention, with the, the wings that the Breakers have, and Thomas Hammercrombie and Ryan Ruper, uh, uh, they just really smothered him on that and did not give him a lot of space and made it difficult to score. So the, the real hope for Tasmania, I think, is controlling pace, controlling the glass, keeping the Breakers from getting into that really explosive running game that they showcase probably to a greater extent than we have yet seen yet this season in game one of the playoffs and getting Milton Doyle off. And for me, that's at least 25 points, having the ball in his hands at all times, him creating everything and really carrying a heavy load offensively to get them over the line. And that would be my recipe for the Jack Jumpers to get it done. Yeah, did, did the whole idea of um, uh, of being a decoy not work because um, before the game he told Casey Frank, who's an ex-breaker, who then went and told Modi Mayor, is that, is that why that didn't work? No, I am a serious journalist here, Ricardo. I keep all, all the secrets and I keep them down to me. To be fair, Modi wouldn't listen to a thing I had to say to him about uh, anything before the game. He, I, I could tell him anything. He was like, oh, yeah, he, he's in his own. He, he's doing what he wants to do. But, you know, the, the Breakers had their plan. You came out and they were trying to really deny Milton Doyle. But it didn't really matter that he was a decoy because they were able to guard him one-on-one without a lot of help. And they were still able to guard on the weak side. You know, they just really took away everything for the most part. The Jack Jumpers wanted to do with consistency. Uh, and as the game wore on, it was just basically a war of attrition. When, when the Jack Jumpers had to go deeper into their bench, the bench players that the Breakers were pulling out were just more talented and fresher. And I, I, I would expect that to continue tomorrow night. Uh, and just before I let you go, Casey, uh, if you're in Modi's shoes, um, who's the better matchup? Who do you want to face in the final um, if the Breakers get through Tassie? Well, I mean, in terms of matchup, I- I've thought all season long that the Breakers just kind of own that Cairns Taipan team. Uh, I think that they do what Cairns do, except a little bit better on them, bigger on the defensive end. Uh, so, so if you're talking about that, but 
you know, you you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. And the Sydney Kings are the champs for a reason. You know, when you, you go through, it's always a, a great feeling of joy to knock off the defending champs. And that's going to be a tough test for them because uh, if it is to end up being the Kings, if the, if the Kings and the Breakers are both able to get through somehow, that that's a difficult one for the Breakers because uh, the one weakness of the, the Breakers this season has been against teams with great length. And that's certainly something that the Kings have. Uh, they've got two bigs and Suarez and Hunter, you know, sitting there at about 6'10", 6'11", that have made things difficult for Pardon and really controlled the glass and taken away a lot of the breakers' strength. So if the breakers want, want an easier street, I would say the Taipans. But, you know, that, those corner Taipans, they've been fighting great all year long and, and uh, would not discount Coach of the Year, Adam Forty either. Yeah, good stuff. All right, Casey, thanks very much for giving us some time tonight, mate. Uh, go and enjoy uh, some time with the family and uh, enjoy that game uh, later tonight as well. We'll catch up with you soon, eh? I appreciate it, Ricardo. Talk to you soon. Yeah, we'll do. Casey Frank there with us, uh, commentator, basketball player, of course, uh, and uh, Star Wars fan. If you ever see that, I've, I've worked with that man a bunch of times. Every time I see him, he's wearing a Star Wars T-shirt. Usually it's Chewbacca, uh, but there you go. It's, it's because he's big and hairy. I think he... I think he identifies. I think he identifies. I think that's what that is. Uh, coming up on the show between now and 8 o'clock, we're going to be talking rugby league. It's That's my team. We're talking Raiders next.